Welcome to Health Matters, Sonoma's weekly program devoted to health and well-being. Each week through interviews, editorials, and listener participation, we will explore topics and issues of contemporary medicine and its relationship to the lifestyles of our community. Our goal is to provide you with information and resources to help you achieve and maintain what you deserve, a happy, healthy, and productive life. I'm your host, Dr. Ned Hoke, a veteran in natural methods healthcare, speaking with you today from Sonoma Valley, California, for an hour of health topic digestion and discussion. Please stay with us. Welcome. This is Dr. Ned Hoke again joining you today at Health Matters here in Sonoma Valley, this gray rainy day, which we're grateful for, uh, for those of you who, for those of us who've got our grapes in, as the saying goes. <clears throat> Today, we're going to be, we're going to have the great pleasure to be joined, uh, we hope, by Gordon Davidson, the author of a book called Joyful Evolution, a guide for loving co-creation with your conscious, subconscious, and superconscious selves, transforming yourself with multidimensional psychology. Gordon Davidson has written a, um, I guess you could call it a primer of um, an extraordinary depth and, and range. And I, uh, when I heard about it, I just knew that I had to get a chance to visit with him. And so fortunately, we will be able to do that today. And also, he's going to be giving a presentation <clears throat> a week from today at the Earthrise at the, uh, Instit- uh, the Earthrise at the Institute of, it's called IONS. What's it called? What's the name of it? over in Petaluma, um, Institute of, shame on me, I should know that. But anyway, we'll be talking about that, and that's a week from today on the 12th of, of, of Wednesday, Noetic Sciences, that's what it is. It's called Noetic Sciences, and he'll be giving a talk there, and then uh, the following weekend, <clears throat> he'll be giving a presentation, I believe, in Novato, and I have that information somewhere that's not immediately at my fingertips here, but it will come up during the course of our conversation. So lots to talk about uh, and very interesting, uh, uh, provocative uh, stuff with uh, Gordon Davidson. So before we get to that, before he calls, let's do our announcement period. This day, uh, Allison Evanson is going to be giving a presentation called uh, Gluten-Free, Is It For Me? This is at the Park Point Club here in Sonoma Valley between 6 and 7.30. That's, I'm wrong. October 6th, uh, forgive me, it's tomorrow, not today. Tomorrow at uh, Park Point, October 6th, 6 to 7.30, gluten-free, is it for me? Um, it's a really an important question, the gluten the gluten issue, and um, I'm hoping that she'll be able to give all who attend a deeper and more profound taste of the subject because I think that I've looked at the issue of myself at the gluten issue uh, for a number of years and gone to uh, professional presentations at Stanford and other places. And the, the perspective on what it all means and how to respond to it is very, very varied. Very, very, listen to that, very, very varied. Anyway, um, I don't know Allison's perspective, but it's it's one of those things that there are plenty of th- things around which it's worth talking about. And it's gluten-free area is my experience as a medical practitioner. Now, uh, for those listeners who had occasion to look at the um, Index Tribune on Tuesday, it says medicine collection nets 1,100 pounds of 
medications, uh, ex, uh, disposal medications over the weekend between uh, between September the 19th and the 23rd, uh, the various drop-off locations, including some part in Sonoma and so on. So when you think about how large an issue that is, it's huge. It, by properly disposing of medication, our communities can keep our environment and waterways clean and reduce the safety and health risks associated with children and adults taking non-prescribed medications. So it's a very important item, and um, uh, I'm glad I'm grateful for those who heard it on Health Matters and went and did their did the right thing and showed up and, and gave their uh, hand to their um, uh, they're unwanted medicines. And, and there's a year-round drop-off location. You can, let's see, it says you can drop off unwanted medicines year-round at participating drop-off locations. They're available at safemedicinedisposal.org. Safe medicine, um, let's hear it again. Let's see, safemedicinedisposal.org. There's no charge. And the funding is a year-round thing from the city of Sonoma and also, strike that, uh, the city of Santa Rosa. But there are a bunch of drop-off locations. And Safe Medicine Round-Off Week is sponsored by the Sonoma County Development of Health Services. Very good idea. Glad glad they did it. Glad they had such good success. Um, upcoming at the Sonoma Shambhala Center, uh, one of our favorites, uh, uh, there are fall family days that are uh, being run at the Shambhala Center. There's a meditation group for mothers. Um, now, on, on the fall family days, these are Sunday mornings between 9 and 10, uh, 15 a.m., October the 2nd, which, of course, is now passed, but also November 6th and December 11th. Parents and their children and grandchildren are warmly invited to join us. Family day will include a meditation session and uh, the children's activity as well, uh, meditation. Members of our community will be on hand to provide supervision and child care. Children are invited to practice meditation. Here's our guest. Welcome to Health Matters. Hello. Welcome to Health Matters. Can you hear me? Yes, this is Gordon Davidson. Welcome to Health Matters. Thanks for joining us, Gordon. Yes, great. Wonderful to be with you. May I call you Gordon, or should I call you? You certainly may call me Gordon, absolutely. All right. Well, you may call me Ned. Ned. Okay, wonderful. And uh, as I told our listeners, we have the good fortune of uh, having up soon ahead, in fact, a week from today, you're going to be over at uh, the Institute of Noetic Sciences, and you're going to be doing a presentation on your uh, a book signing and a, a book opening, a wine and cheese uh, uh, reception. Yeah, that's right. A book signing at six. The, the wine and cheese it starts at six, and then the book reading is at six to six thirty to seven thirty, and then there's a book signing seven thirty to eight. Right, and right. I'm going to be giving an overview of the content of the book, not just a reading, but really giving an overview of this whole new psychology that I'm develop- I've developed. Yes. Right. Exactly. Well. As I tried to describe our, to our listeners in a very, very brief introduction, which we'll have a much more time now to, to, to uh, roll it out, but this is something that's a truly another look at uh, what the potential of what psychology is about and what, uh, what the opportunities of it are. In fact, you know, one of the things you do, you do quote, quote Rilke, and I thought a very interesting quote um, in the early part of the book, you say, in part one, it says, again and again, in history, some people wake up. They have no ground in the crowd, and they move to broader, deeper laws. They carry strange customs with them and demand room for bold and audacious action. The future speaks ruthlessly through them. They change the world. So this is a pretty big challenge, uh, Gordon, and I'm I'm wondering, 
does, is that inviting all of us, or is this really for just some people? Oh, no, it's for everyone. Mm-hmm. I, definitely this work um, that I've developed over the last seven years working with clients all over the world is to help people understand that there is a very significant part of ourselves which we call the subconscious, which is really a terra incognita, an unknown land within our being that really we don't know very much about, but it really uh, has the capacity to become a wonderful co-creative partner, friend, and ally to us in living our lives exactly the way we choose to live them. And this is uh, the, the techniques and processes that I've discovered and work with with clients have been absolutely incredible in changing people's deep-seated patterns that they've been trying to work through using psychology, psychiatry or psychotherapy or other kinds of techniques to try to resolve. And this process really changes things permanently for people. And that's really exciting. And people, I've got people all over the world that are very excited about this work. Well, it sounds like that. And if, if, you, if you look at the, uh, the uh, foreword by a Dr. Merritt, I believe, yes. uh, he, he says he makes a number of uh, interesting c- comments. And one of the things, again, are the, this is the book, the name of the book is The Joyful Evolution. And so I thought the first thing before we, before we even actually went to the book, let's Let's now we talk about evolution. Evolution is it says according to the American Oxford American Dictionary is the process by which something develops gradually into a different form. That's one definition. Mm-hmm. And then the other definition is an organization of living things by development from earlier forms, but not a special creation. So that's that's two different definitions of, of evolution. Maybe you could give us your Gordon Davidson uh, de- <laughs> definition of evolution, just yeah, so, our, yeah. so our listeners had a chance to taste it. Because as you say here in your book, it says the American Heritage Dictionary, or that is Dr. Merritt writes, that, that defines psychology. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm changing the, I'm changing the word. So don't give us your talk about evolution. What what is what is evolution? What does the word mean? Evolution to me means growth in awareness, mm-hmm. expanding of awareness from you know. People are, become, are aware of themselves as a conscious day-to-day life and how they live their lives, but there are many other dimensions of our being, which is why I call it multidimensional psychology, that um, people are not generally aware of as much. We have some awareness of the subconscious, but uh, it actually is an extremely important part of us. That's a Harvard study they did after years of studying motivation. They came to the conclusion that 95% of the decisions that most people make are made by their subconscious. And the, and the mind just simply comes up with a good rationalization for what the subconscious really wants to do. Right. And that is a profound uh, recognition. So what? what I see is that we evolve as we expand and grow our awareness into a deeper understanding of our subconscious as well as a deeper and fuller understanding of our soul, our higher part of our being, which has uh, deeper purposes that it would like us to fulfill. And it's by bringing the three together, the soul, the higher self, and the conscious self, and understanding the conscious self's true function and gaining the full cooperation and co-creative assistance of the subconscious, the three working together, you start to live a truly joyful life and learn how to evolve joyfully. And I think that what, the, uh, what I've been able to get out of your book so far is, is the, 
is well, it's it's an amazingly uh, comprehensive book. I should say that for our listeners' Thank benefit. You. It's a, Thank it's, you. It's an ama- and for those of I, you don't know me, Gordon, and, but I'm somebody that had studied with uh, Dr. Pearls at, at Esalen. I lived at Esalen for quite a while, yeah. and I yeah. I had taught uh, psychotherapy east and west at Yale University, and so know. I'm kind of. You know, and, and I myself have been taken into transformative processes of a very, uh, what for me personally, profound way over the years. And so uh, I'm at least somewhat broadly acquainted with the topic. And and you, you start off um, offering the ideas. Right away, there's so many ideas. For instance, you offer, uh, one of the things that you offer is you, 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 you make mention of how or that is you say radiance is the is the is the or in, or i think presence or radiance is the is the sort of one of the primary benefits that we have to share with the world Absolutely. and t- so maybe if you could start to unwrap that a little bit because i think when i started when i first started with your book when I, I, one of the things i stumbled with is is that having myself been acquainted with the the terminology of uh, conscious subconscious superconscious these kinds of things it it began to feel like um it's sort of like another yet 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 another s- sort of psychosynthesis map of one sort or another or the and and it's it's not that it's not a good idea to have these sort of templates through which to look at the sort of different manifestations of the of the human opportunity mm-hmm. in a sense of operationalizing them to be truly useful in terms of yeah. things that we could get our hands around and wrap our minds around right. in a useful way you you for me you bring it back to the ground in a in a way that even though we use those terms we're we're left with a um a more obvious and a graspable sense of of actually what we can do with it exactly you know and, that, and so that, that's so important so so one of the things i'd like to sort of start with maybe is describe what you're talking about when you say the, the the most important thing we have to share with our our society and our our world is radiance. Yes, uh, the radiance and of our presence. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it that is truly, in my experience, as and I'm sure yours, that the most powerful transformational agent there is is being in the presence of someone who radiates an energy of joy, of higher consciousness, mm. of, of of deeper love for all people a deeper understanding of the fundamental truths of life. When someone is present who actually embodies those truths and that understanding and that love, it is very deeply transformational for people exposed to that person. And that's really my goal, is to help people to understand how they can deepen and expand their own presence, which is really working to bring together in absolute congruence and co-creative love the three dimensions of our being, which is the soul, the conscious self, and the subconscious. And we, str- you know, we struggle, many, many people I work with have been struggling with issues, deep-seated, very profound challenges, and how do they resolve them? And my experience is that working with the subconscious and understanding that it is a living being, it's a living part of you, and that it has the positive intention to help you. But it may be using strategies that are not the most effective or beneficial to you right now based on past patterns. And when you gain the trust and love of your subconscious, you can actually work very deeply with it and actually get it to consciously choose new patterns. So it's more than, it's more than just a shadow 
more, yes. more, more, and also more than just a sort of diagnostic locus, if you will. Yes, yes, yes. That, th- this is one of the reconceptualizations that's so powerful in this work because it's about reconceptualizing and understanding our subconscious for what it really is. We don't really know much about the subconscious. Freud wrote a bit, you know, Jung and Assange, but it hasn't really been mapped. Mm. What I've done is map it much, mm-hmm. at a much deeper level, and there's more to be done, but I've certainly uh, pointed out some beginnings of that. Well, and that is, when you understand how it works and what it's really trying to do and how it functions, then you, it becomes a potential partner with you. Right. It's a living being, and, and it's trying to help you. But it's not always effective because it's doing things out of old patterns that don't really help. Now, this, there's a, an enormous amount of material about exactly those issues in your book, and, and mm-hmm. so we'll try to walk through some of it. I kind of want to step back and also start with, because, again, come back to the dictionary a little bit, because I think for our listeners who, who, who think of psychology one way, they you're dealing with a sort of psychology possibly in a slightly different way. So let me just read a, a line from your, from actually from Dr. Merritt's uh, presentation here. He says, uh, the American Heritage Dictionary defines psychology as the science that deals with mental and emotional processes and behavior. However, in philosophy, psychology is that branch of metaphysics that studies the soul, the mind, and the relationship of life and mind to the functions of the body. So, it sounds to me like what you're doing is you're actually bringing those two pictures together. You're you're actually um, using psychology, the, 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 the psychology of science in, in, in the sense of mental and emotional processes and stuff. Yeah. But you're also embracing the psychology in philosophy, that, which that, that's exactly right. Which, for our listeners' benefit, is is when they when they hear some of the language that you'll be that you they seem to use repeatedly you're you're using what you could call conventional psychology language but you're using it in a in a metaphysical context as well as a uh, sort of conventional psychology context exactly and that's one of the differences in this work is actually bringing together the the the, the idea of the soul which is very present of course in many philosophical traditions all over the world and with the idea of, of a new psychology that incorporates the soul and also in, includes and works with the subconscious. So you're actually using the energy of the soul to help you conduct psychological processes. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is profoundly effective and transformational. So what, what I do is I, I, I actually train people how to become their own guide for their own being. I don't, the idea is we liberate people from an endless cycle of dependency on someone else to help you with your process. So I'm training people how to understand and work with their own soul, their own subconscious, and become independent of anyone actually having to guide them. And there are many different techniques and processes to do this. So that, But it's really calling upon the love and, and the wisdom and the light of the soul to, to assist us in working with our subconscious. And when you do that, it actually does work. Well, Gordon, I'm I'm convinced it works, but we need to take a break. We're at Sun FM 91.3 in Sonoma. Please stay with us, Gordon. Hang right there, if you will. We'll be back with you very shortly. So here, here we go. Come. 
covering decades of rock and roll while highlighting the latest in quality new music, The Rocks Files, will tickle your ears and open your mind to a whole new dimension of listening pleasure. The Rocks Files, through music we feel, coming to the Sun FM, KSVY 91.3, Sonoma. The odds of becoming a signed artist and having three number one albums? One in 100 million. The odds of going on to win six Grammy Awards? One in 1.4 million. And the odds of this performer having a child diagnosed with autism? One in 150. I'm Tony Braxton, and I encourage you to learn the signs of autism at AutismSpeaks.org. Autism Speaks. It's time to listen. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. You're listening to Sun FM, 91.3, sweetheart, KSVY in Sonoma. And welcome back to Health Matters. Dr. Ned Hoke today joined by Gordon Davidson, the author of a new book called Joyful Evolution. And uh, Gordon will be, as I say, next a, a week from today giving a presentation at the Institute of Noetic Sciences in Petaluma. And we'll be talking more about that. And we'll also be talking more about a training that he's going to be doing upcoming in Novato. That'll be down the road here a little bit. Um, Gordon, I wanted to kind of go back to the book a little bit and, and sort of, again, sort of squeeze out a little something more that, that, mm-hmm. Carl, that Carl Merritt spoke. He says, the contemporary Western science view, worldview is predicated on the assumption that the established scientific community knows that the world, what the world is like and offers objective evidence to substantiate its belief systems. Yet, Western science has become too dependent on the objective outward nature of reality, often marginalizing the inward subjective nature of being. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that postulation is really very much at the center of what all the, what you what you're telling us over and over and over again, and what I can imagine, some of our listeners and 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 people you've worked with over the years, and and up ahead, will will cling to that 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 assumption that that the that the real world is is the world of the outer, mm-hmm. and 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 mm-hmm. the belief system in that is is very very you know, almost dangerously wound. Mm-hmm. And so help our listeners right away understand a little bit of how you're going to help loosen the grip of that, uh, of that, of that perception. Well, I, I always invite people to look at, you know, how what is their actual state of being, their state of their feelings and their thought patterns. Where, I mean, how do they actually live their lives day to day? What do they feel? How do they feel? How mm-hmm. do they... Mm-hmm. Do they live in fear? Do they live in, uh, in, you know, do they have a positive vision of their future? Do they, do they have a sense of security and safety in their lives and their being? And do they feel they are good enough? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people don't feel they are good enough, right? And, and have this fear haunts them, and so they they try to compensate with all kinds of behaviors. What what I'm doing is helping people to get in touch with the sources of the feeling of well-being and love for themselves. The key, um, one of the major keys to this work is learning to absolutely, totally, and completely love yourself as you are, and take yourself in your process of evolution, wherever you are, at whatever stage, and learn how to love and appreciate all that you've achieved, and, and then to understand why there are parts that don't totally feel good, and work with those parts. And with that loving attitude towards yourself, 
you can really deeply change your inner world, <clears throat> which means you change your experience of the outer world. So, you know, you, you've come to this following a very interesting history, a history uh, that is uh, not so uncommon for those of us of a certain age and of a certain bend of frame of mind. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, let's talk a little bit about your history and kind of how you sort of landed where you are. Because, as you say, it lessens from my life. You talk about um, a, a seven-year-old sort of experience that you had. You talk some about your time at the Peace Corps and how one day walking down the, the street in India, you had this kind of awakening. And so let's touch a couple of spots along that early yeah. developmental path. And, and of course, and maybe also you, you mentioned a few of the things that you learned along the way. There were these touch points where you actually, where you actively learned something new and yourself encountered your own personal evolution so that you can, you yourself can speak of evolution with a deeply, uh, or, um, established sense of your own evolution. And I think that, that your, your book sort of holds that, 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 that a lot of that in a way that given that you yourself have experienced so much evolution yourself that it's, it's sort of even more permitted, if, you, if I could put it that yeah, way, for, yeah, you, for you to sort of be talking in those kinds of terms. Right. So give us a little storyline, if you would, about from your history. And maybe well, um, as I mentioned in the book, um, very, on very early experience when I was about um, seven years old, was this experience of, <clears throat> on the last day of school for the summer going out into this field in this beautiful location and experiencing, uh, having a, an experience of oneness with everything in life and totally feeling this dazzling joy in just being live and being right. <laughs> in nature. <laughs> the last day of school, too. <laughs> yeah, the lab had something to do with it, I think. <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then it was... Also, then, you know, I always wanted to explore and understand the world as a whole, in really the big world. And so very early I knew I wanted to travel all over the world, and I did that through joining the Peace Corps and being in India, working with farmers and villages and having one of the most powerful, formative experiences of my life, where I just saw so many, learned so many truths about life and people. And, you know, what they used to have this wonderful phrase, they'd be sitting by the side of the road, and I'd walk up to them and say, well, what are you doing? And they'd say, I simply am. Mm. <laughs> wow. Struck me, you know, this quality of just being and being okay with just being. And, and then um, I went on to, of course, to university. I was very active in university. I was an activist. I was the editor of the University of Massachusetts newspaper. I was an activist. Speak a little in, into the microphone a little bit. You're, yeah. We're losing you, yeah. Yeah, an activist in the, uh, during the Vietnam War and the early environmental movement and many things. And then I, I did many, many years of deep study and meditation and, and understanding the philosophies and truths of the, all the different traditions. And, and then after many, many years of working, I, I, was, I was one of the co-founders of the social investing movement, I, my wife and I started a spiritual community in Massachusetts called Sirius, which is still going to this day. It's one of the most ecologically developed communities in the country. And we have an institute in Washington, D.C., where we wrote a book called Spiritual Politics, and we went forward by the Dalai Lama, and we worked with government and agencies. And so I've, I've explored many different areas, and always the question is, how can we help humanity to grow and transform and move into a higher state of joy and beingness. And 
after all these years, 35 years of this kind of work, I asked myself at the end of that time, after 35 years of meditation, study, and service, why aren't I feeling more joyful? There we go. <laughs> that was the core question. And so I started saying, there's something missing. And I started looking around and studying and talking to people and, and doing a lot of deep, deep inner meditation and realized that the issues really lie in the subconscious, that I really needed to understand this whole part of our being so much more deeply than I did. And that began a seven-year journey where I went into that, that part of my being in great, great depth and processed and studied and meditated and worked with it. And, um, and I think, and you, and you write about going through past lives. Now, isn't that an, an interesting and unique, uh, a unique kind of study? T- tell our listeners a little bit about that and, and what, what that means and how, how, that opera- how you did that operationally, well, uh, if you wouldn't mind. And as do many people who do counseling work, that there are patterns that we go into a pattern trying to resolve it, and we find it has roots in these very, very deep experiences, and often traumatic and powerful experiences, that actually the only real logical explanation for them is they are past lives, they are past experiences, and they do stay with us. And so we have these, whenever there's a serious unresolved trauma from a past life, that energy of that experience will cause the formation of patterns in our subconscious that we will continue to work with and, and, and express until we resolve the original trauma. Now, now when we talk, just, just, to be, just for a point of clarification, mm-hmm. when we're talking about past lives, I mean, I, I say to myself, oh, when I lived in, when I grew up in Minnesota, well, that was a past life, or <laughs> when, I, when I was teaching in New Haven, well, that was kind of a yeah, past life. Yeah, yeah. You're not talking about those past lives. No, no, I'm You're talking, talking about, about previous incarnations. Actual previous incarnations. Okay, so one to be clear a different about. person. Right. Um, and, yes, I, I, I have experienced many of my own, right. and many, many people that I have worked with have. And what is important about it is that when you actually go and understand go into and understand that past life and how to and work with it and change the, the experience that was there, then you actually do resolve the roots of the deepest difficult patterns that people carry and in, in, in a remarkable way. So now is this, is this past life work, if I may again interject here, is, is this past life work utterly contiguous with the intimate dialogue between subconscious, superconscious, and conscious, or is it is it a different theme a little bit? No, it's it's very much a part of the work. Yeah, my experience is that only those past lives will be brought to your awareness that your soul feels it's right for you to work with, and almost always they relate to some issue that you're struggling with in the present. For instance, I'll give you an example. I I worked with several people who were writers, and they couldn't write. And they would sit down to write. They had big intentions to write books or articles or whatever, and they couldn't sit down and write. That there was some like force preventing them. Right. So you go into the past life, and you find out that that person, during some other in, earlier incarnation, had posted up a set of complaints <clears throat> about the king or the church and put them up on the wall. And the people and the authorities found them, and they hauled them off to prison and tortured them and, and killed them executed them. And so, so from the subconscious's point of view, writing is a life-threatening activity uh-huh. and must be avoided at all costs. I see. Uh-huh. And so they, they, they'll sit down to write and they get nervous and twitchy or they feel like they're going to eat something or they get distracted or they have to go, you know, they want to go out and friends, with any excuse possible, they will avoid writing. And I've had, I've worked with clients like that. Wow. And wow. so when you actually go back and find the original situation and what caused that, 
that reaction in the subconscious. And you change the past pattern by changing the process I use called timeline recreation, where you actually change the way the subconscious experiences that past life, then that whole pattern will disappear completely. Wow. And, of course, for those of us who kind of have what we what we maybe currently consider sort of subconscious stumbling blocks that we maybe really have never identified or never been able to sort of pin down mm-hmm. what that was about or what what was the basis of that, and we just have... We we just chalk it up to sort of nervousness or mm-hmm. our butt hurts when we're sitting in the chair or who knows what it is. Mm-hmm. But but you're saying it's really much more psychologically alive than that. Absolutely. And that and that and that and of course for me and my experience with my own meditation and work with Gestalt and, and things like that have shown me how lifting up the corner a little bit of the edge of some kind of a feeling is one of the most it's 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 sort of daredeviling in in a way but at the same time it 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 can you can tear off a lot of old old scabs and you can get rid of a lot of just unnecessary weight by by just you know allowing yourself to sort of get in and in in and and deal with these things and what you give your listeners or that is your readers and probably listeners as well. You're, you're, you give them vehicles and incredibly large sort of template of options for with, with within with which to address these different realms of, of of the human form, which is really quite uh, quite interesting. Now, in terms of your own background, and I think I was interested to read, for instance, and it's such a it's such a good thing to see. For me to see somebody like yourself who's who's chosen the path that you have to sort of own up to say for instance their own power trip you know yes. and, and and I think that that's really an important thing for our for our listeners to possibly hear about so talk a little bit about the transform transformation yourself of sort of recognizing how your own needing to be number one yes. was uh, not uh, not both not serving you, but also was a was an incredibly important part of something you had you yourself had to deal with. Exactly, it, it was it was a part of me that um, was you know, needed to always be number one because underlying it was an insecurity about myself, about my worth, my value, my who I am, being accepted, being loved. Therefore. I had to always be on top, and then I would feel okay about myself. And and you know, so and I was a leader in uh, many different fields, but it, it it always never felt complete, and I never felt comfortable or secure in that. And so, by going in and finding out that I've had many experiences and lives where I was a leader, not always using it wisely, and learning to how where exactly the patterns were. Of, of you know control and manipulation and things like this, and actually going in and changing those patterns very profoundly with my subconscious, I think I've made huge progress in in resolving some of these issues. So of course, you have to ask my wife to get a true view right, of this. Right, of course, <laughs> I, I understand. Yeah, but the thing is, is that you, you what you know what for for many of us who who feel sort of anxious about power, we feel. Like uh, it's it's so ripe for abuse. It's so yeah. right. It's so right. It's so ripe for being in the wrong place with it. Yeah. And it, and and what you offer us is is the ability, or that is the opportunity at least, to begin to have a balanced acceptance of power, so that it could be a sacred trust for the whole, not just for the money, but but uh, but also for the the. And you and you make a, a, a fairly strong case for how we as humans. When we recognize, considerably later in the book, how when we recognize as we 
come to know our life as a, a life of service, we we then gain this tremendous uh, opportunity to have power, but have power that we don't have to feel guilty about. Exactly, because power is is a, is, in, is a gift meant to be used for the whole, for the good of the whole. Right. It's not necessarily. But the problem with power really is <clears throat> that there, in most people, there are subconscious parts, parts of their subconscious that want to have power, oh, yes. who, who need it in order to feel secure or to feel worthy or to feel better than other people, whatever their motivation is. And that, those parts, in many cases, are, will start running people so that those parts are actually in control. And okay. people don't even understand fully why that happens or how it happens. Right. And when that ha- I call it hijacking. You get hijacked by a part of your subconscious who wants the power and will do anything it can to maintain it. And that just totally, completely is. It, it, to me, it explains why people do the things who, it, it, when they have power that they do. You know, mm-hmm. many of which are just pretty horrific to even contemplate, but they do because parts of them are just insecure. They need that control and that power, and they don't even fully, they're not even in fully in control of themselves. And of course, so much power also is, is in our country when we've got so many things that have been very deeply leveraged. Our, our whole culture is in this fin- world of finance, and there's a lot of power in that zone, which is, which is really so fictional because money is, after all, just a fiction, really. Exactly. And, and so we, and, and we've got our whole society deeply leveraged. And, and and stressed out with that leverage to you know gain uh, access to things that really don't belong to us to gain privileges that really are not rightfully ours and so on mm-hmm. so we have a culture it seems to me a culture that really when it slow, stops slows down for at least a minute it's it's sort of deeply ashamed of itself really yeah. because because if you look around you see how how really rotten uh, we be, we're behaving in the world toward nature, toward our toward our our real selves, to and so in a sense, one of the joys that I have about your book is is that it invites us into our inner self that understands and appreciates the errors of our ways, if you will. Mm-hmm. But we get a chance to be with those errors in a way that we can actually have a transformative process about them and not make a lifestyle of them and not we can actually make some changes. Right. I, so I do want to take a chance. I want to take just this last bit. I'm starting kind of late here to our, invite our listeners, anybody out there that wants to call in and join this conversation. I've been hogging Gordon's time, and I shouldn't <laughs> have done that. So, um, again, our call-in number, 933-9133, area code 707-933-933. Anybody wants to join us? And for a few minutes, but while we have a few more minutes with uh, Gordon on and um, about this book, let's let's come back uh, one time uh, just to remind our listeners about the upcoming uh, class at Ions. There's uh, where, mm-hmm. did, where did I put that? Hold on a second. Yeah, I got that on the book presentation. Yeah, it's a book presentation on uh, Wednesday, October twelfth at six thirty at the Ions campus. Right, and if they get there early at six o'clock, they get the wine and cheese. Yeah, you do. Yeah, and, and then there's there's going to be a complete sort of rolling out of this, and then so that's that's that. And of course, Ions is a beautiful place to go visit anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice place, and we those of us in Sonoma who know the place, uh, who, who know many people who are there and, and uh, friends that are mm-hmm. routinely there and so on. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a lovely gathering place yeah. for, for all kinds right. of people. And then the other part is, let's talk uh, briefly about, in fact, we're going to need to take another break. And when we come back from the break, we'll talk about your class in Nevada upcoming. Thank you. So yes. please stay with us. We'll be back with you just a little bit.
Saturday, October 8th in the reading room of Reader's Books, 130 East Napa Street in Sonoma. From 5 p.m. to 6.30 p.m., Random Acts is a happening. Random Acts is an open microphone literary reading. Call 939-1779, 939-1779 for further information. Si a usted le gustaría hacer un anuncio en la radio KSBY, el Sonoma Sun FM 91.3, venga a nuestro estudio en la calle West Napa número 164, los martes de 11 de la mañana a mediodía o los jueves de 3 de la tarde a 4 de la tarde. Traigan su propia música y su breve de 25 segundos. Si tienen alguna pregunta, puede comunicarse con nosotros al 933-0404. Listen to Sun FM 91.3, KSBY Sonoma. And welcome back to Health Matters. Dr. Ned Hoke today joined with uh, by Dr. Doctor by Gordon Davidson, the author of a book called Joyful Evolution, a guide for loving co-creation with your conscious, subconscious, and superconscious selves. It's it's a kind of a daunting title, Gordon, I have to admit. It's a uh, it it's it's um I stumble with it, to tell you the truth. I mean, I, 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 it's, it's practical and so on. Uh, transforming yourself with multidimensional psychology. It's, um, I, I'm not sure, I'm struggling with that title a little bit myself. But let me, let me skip away from that and talk about October the 14th to the 16th here in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your uh, class and what yes, that's all I, about. I, I'm beginning the first weekend of a training that I'm offering. It's actually going to be as a professional training to help people learn how they can become guides to guide people in this process of working with their subconscious. So they would go mm-hmm. through the process themselves and then work with people um, in, in, uh, and learn how to do this professionally. Um, it, the first weekend is an introductory weekend. You can come to the, to the whole experience. It's a three-day training, three, two-and-a-half-day training, and then decide if you would something you'd like to continue with. That'll be at the Novato Oaks Inn in Novato, starting on uh, the morning of the 14th. Mm-hmm. And if you're interested, you can um, get more information and register at um, joyfulevolution.net, and you also can purchase our book at, on that, at, that, um, at that site. And if you would like to speak with me about the training and what exactly we'll be doing, you can call me at 415-472-2540. I'd be happy to talk with you about what we're doing. We have an extraordinary group. I'm working with a lot of doctors psychologists, therapists, I even have uh, opera stars and actors, all kinds of people who are extraordinarily excited about this work. I, I'm, I have one program already going internationally to train a whole large group, and I'm, going to, I'm just starting this new group here in the United States because I've been working a lot in Europe, but I'm now coming back and working in the U.S. So it is... Um, well, here, here's some. Here's what. Here's what you. Here's what you write, or somebody writes. It says specific outcomes from the training. Increase your understanding of what's presented to you from being joyful. Discover the higher purpose of your soul. The higher purpose your soul your soul intends to fulfill. Deepen communication and partnership with your subconscious and its ability to generate strategies for your success. So, 
and on and on it goes. Learn to learn tools to fully resolve inner conflicts and blockages and so on. Mm-hmm. Be, become a conductor of a fully awake conductor of your life symphony. This is this is a huge gaggle of promises that you're yes. that you're that you're offering here. So it's um, it's. Uh, now, for those of us who spend any time in California and in this general field, um, let me say it's, it's I'm not sure the word skeptical is the right word, but there's some hesitation yeah, one, yeah. One, one like myself right. gets when one reads such... Right. Such and, and I appreciate, I, I appreciate the, the questioning attitude because I really feel it's not important. It is important for people not to take anything that I say on faith or just on my word. I am a spiritual scientist. I am interested in psychological scientist in, in what works and what actually creates change for people. And my I am so confident that if people participate, even in this first weekend, that they will experience a tremendous amount of change and shift internally in their own being, that they will be absolutely convinced that there's a great deal of power and truth in this whole work and this whole new way of understanding themselves. And that has been the experience I've had with people everywhere I've gone. I just got back from a long trip in Europe and had tremendous response everywhere I went. And it, it is clear to me that these, these are tools and processes that really give people power in transforming themselves in a way that people have been looking for for a very long time. And not that other things have not been good, but my criteria for evaluating these things is, does something truly change in your being that you feel differently without having to constantly be struggling to maintain it? And number two, is it permanent? Mm -hmm. That's the question I always ask. Because people go through these processes and workshops and they come back and they feel good for the next few days or weeks or months. When they ask them six months or a year or two later, well, how is it now? Did it come back? And almost always, to some degree, it returns. And that's not, that is not what happens with this. In this process, I, I know that I can help people make changes that will be permanent. Mm-hmm. And so that processes and issues that they've struggled with can be completely transformed. It won't happen just in a, one day, but if you engage in this process, it, 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 enga- it moves you into a pathway that is absolutely... Really rapid acceleration of their of your own mm-hmm. growth process. Well, and I think for our listeners' benefit, who, who I I don't don't recall if I, can can they go online and see the, see that the the, uh, the uh, chapters of the book does it? Yes, there's a table of contents. At, yeah, yeah, good. Joyfulevolution dot net. Good. There's a whole table of contents, and because I think that that there's, that says a lot because you've you've broken down a lot of the book mm-hmm. in into very carefully uh, described chapters. So yes. our listeners who you know maybe you know need a little bit more kind of meat on the bone shall we say they yeah. could, they could go the the, the, yeah. the the chapter titles are are very revealing as to what is the what is the how you're how you're coming to grips with this yeah. th- these yeah. these various topics that's right and and given that it's such a vast work um and it's there's so much going on and in, in i mean when i think of the size of this i hold this book in my hand and i think of what's going on inside it's uh it's almost overwhelming if if one considers yeah. the, the main... I mean, it it does need to be broken down into steps and, and yeah. stage by stage and um I'm developing CDs on how so that people can take a, go through it with a process and, and right. with all the meditations and so on but it it's in some ways it's not so complicated oh good it it, it really is the fact that we recognize recognizing that 
we as being, as who we know ourselves to be on a daily basis, you know, who we are, is really meant to be the center and heart of our, of our being. And then all we're doing is expanding our understanding into the, the, super, the soul, and, you know, and understanding what the soul's energy is and its intentions for us, and then understanding the role and function of the subconscious. Part of this is really clearly understanding the, the true functions of different parts of our being. The, the conscious self is meant to be the conductor of your life. Well, and as you say, the the core functions of the of the conscious self, and you and you talk about the truth of con- the of a conscious self's existence, right? And and things of that type. Talk a little bit about that, and then and then then we're going to turn over and talk about the uh, calling in your soul through service. How to yeah. um, how to connect with right. your soul? Yes. Well, well, the, well, you know, the true function of the conscious self is to be um, the one who manages your life, and that means you don't turn it over to any outer person. And you don't even turn it over totally to your soul. You're inviting your soul to fully participate with you in giving its vision, inspiration, guidance, and wisdom. And you don't turn it over to your subconscious either, although you want your subconscious's cooperation and and working with you. So the conscious self has to become a guide, a facilitator of the relationships with itself to the soul, with itself to the subconscious, and between the soul and the subconscious. This now, now for isn't isn't for most of our listeners, uh, myself included, isn't that a tremendous responsibility? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's also it's a tremendous empowerment. Uh, I, I I grant you that, but I'm, yeah, I'm really saying, is. But, I mean, what, what people don't understand, you know, is they think, oh, I have to be careful; the subconscious might take me over. Oh. Well, the fact of the matter is, the subconscious is running a great percentage of people's lives most of the time. Right. So, in fact, all you're doing is becoming aware of how that's true and you taking back the conscious choice to, to, to be able to live your life exactly as you choose rather than having some subconscious part of you run, running your life or trying to become the soul and get away from what people call the ego, which is a completely distorted idea in my view, and get away from the conscious self and go off into the soul and just be the soul and transcend everything, which is not possible, because you sooner or later always have to come back into this world, into this life, and deal with whatever's present in your being. You can't get away from it. That's been my experience, exactly. But you very succinctly described uh, what some of us tried to do exactly many years, in my case, many years ago when we found there was a soul to, to mm-hmm. and and then we could we want to go live there and and, mm-hmm. and let the rest of it go <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh it didn't, that wasn't a very it wasn't a very full uh, full answer but no. we, we we just had a couple more minutes now and i we haven't had a call so whoops we do have a, well no we don't uh, understanding how to connect with your soul now there's another important idea so share with our listeners a little bit about what to what that's to you. I mean, how, well, how how does that work, and how do you assist them to 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 come to that? Well, the soul is really um, interested in in you. As the more you love, and the more you serve, and give to others, and the more you you purify, clarify your life and your intentions and your motives, the more and more interested your soul becomes in your life, and provides more and more energy to you because the soul can only give as much energy to you as is safe to do so, with, and then that things in your being have to be purified enough so that when the new the soul energy comes in, it's, it doesn't overwhelm you. So there's a need for a certain kind of clarity of intention and clarity of life, but it's not 
a, a huge mystery. I mean, we've all experienced moments of love, profound, deep, you know, uh, agape love, uh, moments of tremendous um, sense of oneness with life and other people. All that are, you know, experiences of the soul. And it's just how do we integrate those experiences and make them, you know, a part of our daily life and, and, and make that our normal state of consciousness rather than an exceptional, you know, uh, altered state. And and do you do you I mean for those of our listeners who feel like they have this they have a, a lot about their conventional life that they're sort of happy with they they don't want to become a realized they don't even want to become a realized being as 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 my as my Buddhist teacher um, Suzuki Roshi said um, uh, sitting in the zendo one day he said uh, he said don't try so hard for enlightenment you might not like it you know and and i took that to heart you know i yeah. I, th- I thought well and it, it does seem though gordon that you're kind of challenging us to sort of pick up the enlightenment uh stick if you will and and i'm i'm reminded of my teacher's warning <laughs> well yeah i mean it, i don't know exactly what the, the the idea there was but i think the idea that if you try to leave behind your life to be enlightened, you're in for a hard time, as you said very yeah, clearly. Yeah. And at the same time, it's my view and my experience that you can bring that enlightened awareness, that enlightened energy, that consciousness, into, your, into yourself as you live your life day to day and actually make your whole life much more joyful, much more rewarding and fun by bringing that in and bringing that in, in, into your subconscious and giving your subconscious the benefit of all that light as well and working with your subconscious in a very conscious way. And, and if I, in, in 95% of the people who come in to see me as an oriental medical doctor, that's really what they're looking for. And so if I have, if, if, so I've been given the, 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 the uh, privilege of talking to Gordon Davidson today about joyful evolution. Now I've finally got a, a handbook I can work with beside the little tools that I've had all these years. And um, Gordon, thanks so much for joining us today on Health Matters. And by all means, go see Gordon at the IONS Institute on 101 San Antonio uh, Road in Petaluma. Uh, that's on a week from today. Uh, get there at 6 o'clock for the wine and cheese, 6.30 to 7.30 for the book reading and signing. And Gordon will be outlining, out, I mean, will be outlining this book in considerable large, larger detail. So for those people who may be not certain that they want to sign up for the the weekend thing, this this would be a, a, probably a very good way of getting a, some direct exposure. Absolutely. And yeah. also, if they're interested in the book, they can purchase it at joyfulevolution.net. Thanks, Gordon. Thank you very much, Ned. My pleasure. All right. Bye-bye. Wow. Well, there's, a proper, there's an opportunity. Um, conscious evolution. Um, wait a minute. There we go. So uh, let's see what else we got on the agenda. So that is really an amazing book because I opened it up and, and, and I looked at it and I didn't get a chance to. I just got it yesterday, so I, I didn't get a chance to read it other than in, in, at depth in a few parts. But it looked like such an incredible roadmap. And at the same time, it's, it's an interesting read because it um, even if one wouldn't necessarily follow the 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 homework, if you will, in a direct sense, the the opportunities for 
uh, sort of reflection as you as you go through what what he writes about it. For me, at least, it's a it's a rich experience. Just just the reading of the book, one wouldn't have to even sort of buy into the to the sense of of doing it. And we've got to go here pretty soon. Um, we're almost done, and it's time to say goodbye. So. If you cannot pacify your spirit and let your mind be complicated with desires and worries, your disease will not be cured. To be healthy, you must avoid anger and worry. Keep your mind happy, your heart at ease, and your desires at low levels. That's the guidance of the Yellow Emperor's Classic of Internal Medicine. That's the basic book of Chinese medicine. Hmm. And our Health Matters motto is still, health care isn't a noun, it's a verb. Thanks for joining us again today, and we look for you again next week. Until then, I bid you well. <laughs> 